0: The Washington state legislature said that they would focus on racial justice and systemic inequities last legislative session. However, when it came to funding for charter schools in the state, the legislature left a gap in funding that was fueled by what my next guest, Marcus Harden, Community Engagement Policy Manager for the Washington State Charter Schools, describes as a courage gap. Uh, Good morning, Marcus. Good morning, Chris. How are
1: you? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm good, brother. I'm good. I I won't complain. Happy to be here with you this morning.
0: All right, it's good to have you here, uh, Marcus. Uh, first of all, can you explain why you believe charter schools are so important, uh, specifically to uh, underserved communities, but more specifically the African American community? Well,
1: because I think I think there's a big, um, just kind of understanding gap of what charters are. And so um, I've been in education 19 years, and I tell people all the time, most of my time has actually been spent in traditional schools. Um, I worked, um, I grew up as a part of Seattle Public Schools and uh, worked for Seattle Public Schools for nearly 15 years. But I think the important part that charters represent is the opportunity for community to shape the way they want education to happen, specifically black and brown communities to have leaders and to have educational models that serve them and that are led by them. Without the typical bureaucracy that a larger district just tends to have, because it serves more people, um, we can have schools like Manor Valley Leadership Academy that are black-led, black boards um, that are able to have um, curriculums that focus on the global majority of students. I'm really focused on the needs of the students and the parents, and so I think it's super important. and every community, um, should have that option to have schools that represent their community and that are run by them and for them.
0: All right no. Uh, Marcus, let's talk a little bit about how charter schools are. Some people believe that charter schools take resources away from public schools uh, that are needed to help improve them, evolve, and carry out their mission in charge. Um, can you kind of talk about this issue a little bit, uh, and if you believe this to be true?
1: Um, so I, I think it's, and again, this is this is coming from a lens of, of having served a lot of time in both systems. Um, I, I believe that the, the theory that the money belongs, um, to a school is is a little is a little false, and I think COVID showed that um, the, the money belongs to the people, right? And so students, um, I know a lot of people don't know how schools are funded, but um, students represent a dollar amount, and that dollar amount follows the student wherever they go. Um, and so I think in some ways we have to look at it as if a school community has not been served for nearly, you know, a decade in some places. Um, that money follows the student, and it should go where the student is going to be best served, right? And so parents should have the option. I um, mean, the opportunity to put their students where that money is going to be best served and where their dollar amount for their student goes. And so it is completely state funded out of tax dollars, but out of a separate um, tax fund that doesn't affect the bottom line of other schools. And the way that the charter schools law is set up in Washington state, at best, the charter school population will represent one percent of the entire state population. And so in that economic theory, it wouldn't take away from anything on um, what actually just serve as pockets of innovation for people to utilize. Um, their their time, money, and their their opinion and their choice um, for for their people, um, for, excuse me, for their families to have greater educational outcomes. Right
0: now, and I'm I'm sure I think you talked about this uh, briefly, but I'm sure charter schools were affected by COVID just like everybody else. that, and, and I'm sure there were probably some funding issues related to you know having you know char uh, COVID protocols and things of that nature. With that being said, I know that you guys had approached um, the legislature. Um, this year of, of about funding issues uh, and proper funding. You know, what actions were you all as advocates of charter schools hoping would come out of the state legislature during the last legislative session?
1: Um, a lot. Um, and actually, and I'll address one thing really quickly. Because of the size or the smallness and the ability to be flexible, charter schools were some of the first and most responsive schools to COVID, right? Because they're the smaller, so they're able to innovatively shift um, on a dime. So that was a really strong point that happened for a lot of our schools, for all of our schools, um, to be able to move quickly on a dime. And then to your question around what we asked legislators for, was just equitable funding on, on the same level um, that traditional schools get. So um, to one, receive the same um, per student, but also two, when we think about um, special education population, charter schools tend to serve um, around the range of 18 to, in some places, 25% students with special needs and special education were typically in a traditional school. You're looking at about 5 to 10 percent, sometimes up to 15. Um, And what happens is with that large population, you need more support. Um, Those dollars also drive more. And so we were asking the legislator for equitable funding um, to not just do that, but to equalize what we the charters miss out on in levy. So charters are not um, able to get levy funding. And so that can range up to $3, to four thousand dollars per student and so you can imagine what that can look like to support um, to support getting more teachers to support more experiential learning opportunities to support um, just a deeper learning experience for charters so for instance using the rvla RBLA is down the street from a seattle public school middle school um, you could have a family divided truly you could have a student who goes to rvla who receives less funding for um, I, I, and i it, for me, it's not competition because I have great friends who who are still in the um, who are still in the traditional school system, but who could be receiving an equal or better education um, for a lot less money at, at, at a lot less um, opportunity than the school right down the street. And I think for that, we have to just do what's right by families and children. Um, and so that's what we ask legislators for. Right.
0: And obviously, uh, we're here today talking about uh, uh, this issue because the legislature um did not follow through on what they uh, you guys hope they would have done and what most a lot of people think that they should have done um and can you kind of talk about uh how that uh shortfall uh came into being because you know it's politics but things just don't happen by accident
1: i <laughs> trying to get be fired today chris uh i think <laughs> Um, I, I think for us, what we saw, and this, this is what I spoke to a little in, in the article, I think, and this is uh, a tension I think we're having as black and brown folks in general, is is there's a lot of words, um, especially last year after George Floyd, a lot of people were amped up and wanted to do the right thing by black and brown communities. And we saw those in words, but we didn't see those in actions. And I think um, I think a lot of it is tied to political organizations. I think a lot of it is tied to um, money that flows into some legislators' pockets. But I think more of it is tied to um, a continued misunderstanding of what charters represent. The charter law in Washington state is one of the strongest in the country, um, in the country. And I think a lot of people believe that charters is going to be here to try to take over or be like places like new Orleans where it's all charter. Um, but that is not the intention of the law here. The intention of the law here is very specific to serve people who have been um, further from educational justice and who also have, have had socioeconomic um, disadvantages. And more importantly um, in the more recent years, to be run by community and for community. So to serve black and brown children and to cultivate um, a leadership pipeline of black and brown leaders to serve those schools. So not to create factories where people are there to be saved, but to, to cultivate those environments and to be led by allies as well, who are about that work, who are also about listening to community and being for community through that. And so where the legislature fell short um, was actually delivering on those words. Um, again, it was a lot of words, but very few action. If anything, Um, took place, and I think a lot of it is just for for misinformation um, in some places. And then I think in other places, I think it's um, politics as usual, and I think that's what we have to have the courage to speak to um, and to have people to to see schools like RBLA, to see schools like somebody in in the city, to see a powerful school like Lumen in Spokane that works with teenage parents, um, not just girls, but the young men too, and has them come to school and learn job opportunities. Like, I don't know who says no to that. Um, and I don't know why somebody would say no to that when that is sometimes just a space where other traditional schools don't have the um, the the bandwidth to handle. Um, but those students are out there and need that support. And, and that's where charters can step in as, as hubs of innovation and also hubs of relief for what traditional schools just in some places can't do.
0: All right. Now, uh, Marcus, were uh, were there any, were there any champions or heroes in the late legislature
1: this past year? Oh, we had we, we we had um we had so so many that were um there to show up for us um in that space and so um I think it was continuing to cultivate uh those those voices um in the legislators. We had a lot and of course you hit me off that. I can't I can't think off the top of my head, but we had a lot that just um quickly showed up for us in those spaces to um to guide and to lead and, and again I think a lot of it is to, to work towards some of the newer legislators as well. Um, to get them on board and get uh, information. I think one of the things we would love to do is um, deeper connect with the um, the Black Educators' Caucus, excuse me, the Black Legislators' Caucus um, and the legislators, the the, the Black and Brown um, Coalition, to really get more information out because I think so much of it is misinformation. But yes, we have plenty, plenty, plenty of champions on both sides of the aisle, and I think um, education is one of those issues that, if we were really thoughtful, um, should be a um, nonpartisan issue. Um, that we really push forward. And so I think continuing to push that, but definitely continuing to get more voices of black and brown leaders behind it and just informed. And I think that's a job that um, I currently hold. Um, and also that we a role that we want more people to be informed about it. and just people to know um, about more options for their young people.
0: Right. Uh, Marcus, before I let you go, you know, at, you know, the legislature obviously did not follow through on, uh, on the rhetoric, uh, which is not surprising. Uh, to many of us who've been following uh, the politics over the years. Uh, With that being said, you know, what is the next step in this process um, to to try and secure the necessary funding for charter schools, and how can uh, the community, and more specifically, the the average person in the community, uh, help with that
1: process? So we have really three big agenda items that we're looking for. So one um, is actually extending the charter school window, so because of the law, um, we the charter school law was only a five year window and was to build up to forty schools and we have gotten to about twenty four, um, and so one of them is to, to extend the window. So that's the first legislative option. The second is what we've been speaking about, which is um, financial, which is economic um, economic balance um, with with other traditional schools. And then I think third is a is a is a policy, but also a people push and just getting people more informed or more engaged. And um, I would say this, Chris, and this is the educator in me. To get more people who really want to run and be a part of high-quality schools, the great thing that about uh, that is about charters. It can really be community-led. So it's looking to communities that are like, you know, what we want something different for our young people, and that can be um, that can be black and brown, that can be um, diaspora-focused, that can be the Polynesian community, that can be um, that can be people who really want to see a school that is that is unapologetically focused on maybe African American studies from a way of asset-based, and that is to bring black and brown leaders to the table together to say, like, where do our communities need this? Because all over the state, um, there are people who are def- definitely in need of that. So I would say those are our three big pushes and how they can get involved um, is they can they can contact the Washington State Charter School Association. Um, Natalie Hester, my boss, um, is an incredible leader who is leading our policy and advocacy work, but the entire team is incredible. Um, and we're ready to get people engaged and to listen. Um, first and foremost, I think that's been a big pivot um, at Watch Charters that we've shifted to and all of our schools are responsive in that way. Um, and they can just check them out. Like I said, there's, there's RBLA, there's Summit, um, there's, there's there's Lumen, there's SIA and 12 there's There's um, coming on board is Why Not You Academy um, that has a couple of famous people tied to it. Um, but even with that, uh, there's still a shortfall while not in attention. But again, the equity is still not there. So really just looking for people to support and just to be open-minded and learn more. I'm a, like I said, I'm a, I'm a proud graduate. You won't hear anybody yell, Rainer Beach, louder than me. Um, And so I would never want a school to take away from that, but I would want a school to be able to feed into the greatness that is that. And so that's what charters represent. All right.
0: Well, Marcus, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. I'd encourage our listening audience to um, check out the editorial that he had that ran it this week, Seattle Medium, uh, in the print edition and online at seattlemedium.com. Marcus, uh, much continued success to you with all your uh, future endeavors and, more importantly, uh, in your quest to um, help. Uh, improve the educational environment here in the Pacific Northwest.
1: All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me on.